Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Wild, Messy, Infinite Love. My name is Eric Snader, aka Brother Snades, and I am joined today by the one, the only, Elizabeth Jackson Snader. Go ahead and say hi, Liz. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, Liz is my wife. Very nice. And she has decided to join me on the podcast today to talk about something that is very important to her, um, something that I've been able to see over the last three or four years of us being together. We've almost been together for five years. Holy cow. Can you believe it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we are going to talk about some really cool stuff today. Um, but first off, I just want to let you all know that I am thinking about you. We love you a lot. We are here to support you in whatever way that we can. I hope that this podcast has served as sort of a release for you. I know that right now it's um, a pretty pretty tumultuous time, to say the least. Um, so in whatever way that myself, uh, Liz, can be supporting you as well, Please let us know. Um, it's it's all about the shared spirit of wild, messy, and infinite love that we all take a part in. But without further ado, we are going to launch into the podcast because I really don't have any other updates. I'm basically just recording podcasts and writing a bunch and finishing up my thesis for seminary and a whole bunch of other stuff. But for now, we are going to launch in and talk about cultivating comfortable spaces, uh, which is something that Liz has found really important in her life, um, something that brings her a lot of peace, a lot of comfort. Um, So we're going to talk about it. So without further ado, let's talk about it. folks so we are back and ready to go so liz my first question for you is what do you mean when you say cultivating comfortable spaces yeah so i uh, have noticed well i used to joke that if i wasn't doing what i'm doing which i'm a campus minister at the university of mary washington um, i love my job i love what i do But I always joked that if I wasn't doing what God is calling me to be doing, I would be doing interior design. Um, That's just one thing that I've always had a passion for. I can remember as a kid, my parents coming upstairs and I like completely rearranged my whole bedroom. Um, So I've always had this visual connection with space, Um, not only the space that I live in, but being in spaces with other people having the opportunity to travel and be uh, in space with other people in different countries has been a huge blessing to me. So what I I mean when I say cultivating comfortable space is that we are intentionally making sure that we are in spaces, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, um, where we feel comfortable and where we are able to thrive. 
Um, so that can look different in different seasons of our lives. Um, it can be different based on, you know, whether you're at school, if you're home from school or you're visiting family or something like that. So yeah, I think it's, it's very different for everybody, but it's something that I have really come to implement in my life. Right. And like I was saying in the introduction, this is definitely something that I've seen that has been really important for you. Um, you know, one of the most clear examples of this is when we bought the house that we're now in back in August. Um, it's an old dish house. It's about 30. It's built in 92? 91, 92. 91, 92. It's, it's almost 30 years old. And they did some updates to it but not a lot um so i mean there's definitely a bunch of projects a bunch of updating um a bunch of modernization that we've been looking at doing and you've definitely been the driving force behind that yeah Um, i can i can admit that sometimes i am a little too intense about it (laughs) um because physical space to me is so important um I am an introvert, and so I've learned that the space where I recharge often leads to how I then move out of that space and back into work or socializing. Right. Well, that, I mean, that leads into the next question that I had for you is why, why do you think cultivating comfortable spaces is not only important for you, but why do you think it's an important practice in general? Because ultimately we're talking about a practice that people can be doing within their own lives, especially in this time where it feels like everything's turned upside down, where it feels like our whole lives are sort of a wreck. Maybe you have a lot more people hanging out in your home than you're used to. Maybe you have more kids at home and their toys are getting all over the place. Um, So, you know, why, why do you think it is an important practice, not only for you, but in general, an important practice? Yeah. So I think for me, it's a very important practice for me because I said before I am an introvert. Um, and I have learned over the years, I used to think I was an extrovert and I used to lean heavily into that and have learned in college that I'm more introverted. I like being around people, but it, it wears me out. That's not how I recharge. And so I have had to, especially in college, seminary, and you know, being married, find places and spaces to recharge and not just like sit and be, but like actually recharge my soul. Um, and I think it's important for me because in working in ministry, um, I'm giving a lot and I spend a lot of time with people. And I think if I'm not taking care of myself and if I'm not taking time to be comfortable and to kind of recharge, then I'm not going to be able to be as helpful for other people. Um, for others, why it is important is because I think everyone needs to find a place where they feel comfortable. Um, I know some people are, like you said, home, um, and that might not be a comfortable place for them, or it might be different. Um, and I think even in those atmospheres, we can find places and spaces that are comfortable, whether it's, you know, creating a corner in your room where you can just sit and meditate or just sit and 
pray to God and to just kind of recharge. Um, so I know that not everyone is in the same context and not everyone has the same abilities to be in these spaces. But I think what I'm trying to reach at is that it's, it's you cultivating these spaces. It's not something that you necessarily find. It's making sure that you have time to cultivate these spaces and have time to, um, put work and effort into making this an important part of your daily life. Right. And what, what I hear you saying is that it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical space no. then either. It can be sort of an emotional space or a headspace that you get into yeah. where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's ultimately a self care practice, whether or not you're an extrovert or an right. introvert, it's putting yourself in those places and spaces that you know is going to be something that is going to be beneficial for you, something that's going to help you recharge, something that's going to help you really live into who you're truly meant to be. Yeah. And one thing that that reminded me of is we listened to that podcast by Rob Bell talking about the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and just thinking about that second part, we don't often love ourselves and we don't often take care uh, of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so how do we physically, mentally, emotionally take care of ourselves so that we can then be like Christ to others. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know for me, and this is probably something Liz can attest to is I don't necessarily always do the best job of taking care of myself. Um, I have a tendency to, rather than like actually working through what's going on around me, I tend to try to escape. Mm-hmm. So I'll tend to binge TV shows or I'll tend to binge a video game or I'll just like go away and shut myself off from the world. And like to a point that recharges at some point, but it, it almost feels like it's only doing half the work that it needs to be doing. Yeah. And escapism, you're escaping. So you're removing yourself from that intense or stressful environment, but you're not recharging yourself or you're not cultivating regrowth or depth that you need right 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 um so i I definitely am jiving with what you're saying in terms of you know we really need to be intentional about working in that space whatever that space might look like because ultimately we're all different we're all unique we all have different contexts that we're working in obviously our context is we have a we have a house that we can make changes to um, and all that kind of stuff. But not everyone, I mean, before we lived in an apartment and we couldn't necessarily just go and repaint the bathroom or yeah, uh, like we had to, we had to get the okay sometimes to hang stuff up on the walls. Like we needed to, we needed to go through all this stuff because it technically wasn't our property. Um, yeah. And I mean, just for my specific context, I'm thinking of college students who, either live in a dorm with another person. So they have this space, the shared space. Right. Or right now during the COVID-19, they're at home with their families. Um, and so their space is very different than what they thought it was going to be in April, 2020. Um, you know, they thought they would be at school where oftentimes you can create and cultivate your space differently than you can when you're home. Um, so yeah, it's challenging. I mean, I think, it's not an easy task and it's not all about aesthetic or 
paint or couches or those types of things. But those things can help um, cultivate your comfortable space. For me, color is a big thing. Um, and color therapy has been something that's been, I've been mindful of for the past few years. Um, light blue is a color that really, (laughs) if anyone knows me, that's totally Everything is that color. So it's like that aqua, not mint, but like aqua light blue color is really soothing to me. And I have even said to Eric, um, I have this one specific paint swatch that I haven't painted anything that color ever. But I have the paint swatch and I know when I look at it, sometimes I can just feel myself release. That might sound super hippy dippy or not at all. (laughs) Strange to some people. But I think for me, like that's something I know. I put that in my comfortable space because I know if I look at that, like the color therapy kind of takes takes its toll on me. Right. Um, One thing I want to talk about a little bit that you mentioned is how we sort of navigate this when we're in the midst of sharing space with someone else as well because i think that's also really important uh, because you're not always necessarily going to be in a space where it's just your own Um, even as introverts i mean i live with you right so (laughs) um i'm very rarely am i just alone so right so would you like to speak to sort of how you navigate that that aspect of it? Yeah. And l- like you said, it's it's definitely changed throughout the context I'm in. Um, so one thing that really speaks to me is in the Bible, we see Jesus retreating a lot. Um, Jesus spent a lot of time with the disciples. He had a lot of people following him. He taught a lot. He gave a lot during this, his years of ministry, but he also made it very clear that he needed time um, and he needed to retreat and cultivate that comfortable space for him. Um, and while Jesus is both fully divine and fully human, I think we can, our humanness can learn a lot from Jesus and we can learn a lot about how we can recognize when we need to retreat Mm -hmm. or when we need to pull back. Um, So you might be at home with your family. Maybe it's you, your parents, a couple siblings um, during this time and you're at home and it's just, if you feel the heaviness and you feel it's a lot. Oh yeah. And so you might feel that internally and you might need to just say, okay, I'm going to go sit on the front porch for five minutes or I'm going to go sit on my bed and just look outside. Um, so finding those places where you can remove yourself um, so that then you can integrate yourself back in, um, which is what I see Jesus doing a lot through the Bible. And I think, at least for me, thinking through why this oftentimes is played out in physical space. So one of the things that you were talking about is like color is something that's really soothing for you. Um, finding like a little sanctuary in your house, um, like a meditation sanctuary or a prayer sanctuary. Yeah. Why like prayer rooms and churches are so meaningful is oftentimes the physical is the window through which we do see spirit, through which we do see the divine. Um, like you mentioned, Jesus was both divine and human. Um, 
the physical aspects of our world are sort of our first point of contact. It's sort of where our tactile senses are drawn to immediately. So, I mean, we see things, we taste things, we touch things, we hear things. We are very, very physical. We're very experiential pe- people. Yeah. So the, the physical space that we occupy is very much that that first point of contact with spirit, with divine, with peace, with that sustaining strength that we need, with that sense of purpose, with that deep wellspring of joy, all that kind of stuff. It's it's directly seen through the physical world and the physical space that we find ourselves in. Yeah, and I think the idea of sanctuary and holy ground kind of plays into this because um, God is with us and we can be in communion with God at any moment. Um, and so for me, like if I, if all I had was like a candle, my paint swatch and maybe my Bible, and I just sat in a corner and lit my candle and just had a moment. Um, I think that might be my new thing, but that, (laughs) that is like, to me, that's a way to cultivate a comfortable space is to have these things that relax you have these things that you want to connect with. Um, so not only the color therapy of my paint swatch, but the candle looking at the light and just the smell. And those are relaxing techniques. Um, but then also wanting to ground myself in the Bible. I think those are ways that if you take a moment and think about things that you want to connect with, things that you know make you feel comfortable. Um, maybe it's sitting in the corner talking to someone that really can speak life into you. Um yeah, I think all of those things can help you create comfortable spaces. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that we live in this paradox of we have these mountaintop experiences, so we have these sanctuaries, we have these places of holy ground, we have what the Bible would say, these Ebenezer stone moments where yeah. we can look back upon you know this particular time period, this particular space that I was in, I really connected deeply with God. So one of those for me was in college, I worked at summer camp, um, latter end of high school, early college years, I worked at summer camp. And that was a hugely fundamentally momentous time in my life. And it's something where I can look back and say, yeah, that that campground that I was working at is holy ground for me in my life, in my experience. But then we also live within this paradox but holy ground is everywhere. So yeah, and then I, I think, I think of the time and when you were going through a rough time in the senior year of college, when you would spend a lot of your time walking outside. Yeah, like you were creating, you were cultivating comfortable space for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that you were doing what you needed to do to release and recharge. I'm pretty sure I've shared it already on this podcast, but I essentially spent a lot of time listening to really sad music walking in the woods. Yeah. And it was absolutely wonderful and absolutely what I needed. But yeah, no, it's 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 that sense of there are particular moments in our lives which are that burning bush moment on the top of the mountain. But then that burning bush, the more we open our eyes, the more we cultivate this space, the more we see that those burning bushes are actually everywhere. Everything yeah. is on fire. 
I mean, I mean, it kind of feels like everything's fire. on fire right now. But you know, everything that that sense of getting in touch with the spirit or the divine or God or whatever language you want to use, it's it's everywhere. But then it's also found within the particularity of our own lives as well. Yeah, and that makes me think of some people, I myself included, really connect with God being in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and during this time, while we can't go a lot of places or do a lot of things, even like I said earlier, just sitting on your front step, um, wherever you are and just breathing, like taking deep breaths, mm-hmm. that is definitely a centering, um, practice and just smelling the air. Yeah. I mean, the air outside is different than the air inside. Oh yeah, for sure. So it physically and mentally and emotionally will help you recharge and help you to be able to integrate yourself back into whatever you were doing, whether it was homework, stressful situation with your family, those types of things. And I think, I think and you might have more to say to this. I'm sure that you do have more to say to this. I think one of the most unique aspects of this moment that we're in right now is it is causing a lot of us to slow down and yeah. actually be present in our spaces. Whereas in most occasions we're moving so fast that we're not even able to focus on what's going on around us, much less our own mental, spiritual, emotional, physical health, much less actually taking the time to be intentional about creating these spaces because we just don't have time. Whereas now a lot of people are, it's almost like society is ground to a halt. Mm -hmm. And um, I was reading an article um, earlier today and was talking about how we've been on this it's almost like we're on this never-ending consumerism treadmill and all of a sudden the treadmill has ground to a halt and all of a sudden we're flopping over and we're realizing oh shoot we're not moving yeah and i would say i really connect with that because you would agree with this but before all of this being at home um social distancing I would spend a lot of my time doing and going and being busy, um, going from one thing to another. And while I would still try to find those moments where I could cultivate comfortable space, I think the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it is so much more evident to me in this time how needed this is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To put this into context, um, if we if we were both to say what our dream weekend would be, not at work, my dream weekend would be sitting at home doing absolutely nothing, ordering pizza in, not necessarily cooking, not doing dishes, not cleaning, just like sitting and doing nothing. <laughs> and Liz's dream weekend would be like going out and shopping and going and running errands and going and, painting a room, yeah, painting a room, cleaning up the house, like all this other sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And one of the things that I noticed is you did spend a lot of your, like even if you had a spare couple hours between things happening at work, instead of like coming home, which was 15 minutes away, you would go out and go to the shopping mall or go to Target or think of stuff that needed to get done. So you were always, yeah. always doing and going and moving. And I think... That is what works against us being able to create, cultivate comfortable spaces. I think there are things in our lives that 
distract us from that or... Right. And that's not to say that it's a bad thing to no, no, go no. and get like paper towels no. if you can or like cleaning I, the house, which is definitely something that's needed. Right. But, but I definitely had an obsessive tendency to these things. Um, buying simil- things we didn't need. Similar to my escapism tactics yeah. where I would just like completely remove myself. You were sort of on the other end, whereas like I can't just stop. I just need to keep going, 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 going. Yeah. And oftentimes I would hit a wall. I think, Eric, you can speak to this. It was almost like a cyclical pattern of I would work really, really hard and then I would hit a wall. And I've learned over the past year to kind of really be proactive about that and to really understand that if I just go, go, go all the time and keep hitting those walls, it's just like mini breakdowns. And I mean, sometimes they're big breakdowns, but (laughs) it's better to cultivate these comfortable spaces every day in our lives so that each day we're living to our fullest and each day we're engaging in, in our society, engaging in our marriages and our friendships the best we can. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's something that is really important right now is engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy to escape. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's really easy to say, well, it's all gone to hell in a handbasket. So there's no point in me actually trying there's no point in me trying to figure this out and nothing is normal. Nothing right. feels right. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm frustrated. I'm anxious. I'm scared. I'm fearful. And because of all of these things, there's no point in moving forward. Yeah. Um, and I think that made me just think of um, what you talked about last week on the podcast of taking just five minutes to kind of go through this inventory Um, I, when Eric and I first started dating and even now when we have, when I get upset or when we have an argument or something, I often am very quiet and he always is like, he's always asking me, what are you thinking? Like, let's talk about it because we talk it through. Um, but I always say I need a few minutes. Communication is key folks. Yes. (laughs) I always say I need a few minutes to do my emotional inventory. I need moments to kind of see what I'm feeling why I'm feeling that way, what's making me feel this way. Um, And so I think in this time when there are a lot of different emotions that we are feeling, um, and we all are in different contexts and different um, situations, it's good to just take a moment and take an emotional inventory. Write it down. Say, these these are the things I'm feeling right now. Because I will be honest, it really helps to acknowledge what you're feeling. Um, and give light to it. Yeah, witness to it. Yeah. Acknowledge it. Say, yeah, I'm feeling upset right now. And that's cultivating comfortable space. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough. Yeah. It's the tough interior work that we all have to do. Um, you know, it's it's really tough unleashing your inner demons upon yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, it's a whole lot easier for me to remain in denial and say, I don't have a problem with the video amount of video games I play. I don't have a problem with the amount of escapism that I practice every single stinking day. Um, but to ignore it is to let it fester and let this wound widen and worsen to the point where it is literally crippling. Yeah. And it feels like, there's nothing that you can do to change it. Mm-hmm. And that not only is that a 
I mean, that's a dangerous road to be on. But when you begin that interior work, there's so much life, there's so much joy, there's so much purpose that can be found within that place and space as well. I know I'm, we're saying space a lot, but it's true. Yeah. 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 It's just how it is. And one of the things that I've noticed with you is that cultivating this space and being intentional about this um, comfortable space has looked different in different stages of your life as well. Um, So when she was, when Liz was in college, you spent a lot of time journaling Mm -hmm. um, and like writing out your prayers. And that was something that was really important for you. But I know soon after we started dating, she would try to get back into journaling and it just wouldn't stick for you. Yeah. I think um, your space that you cultivate changes. Uh, I think that's a really good example. I journaled every night in college Um, and I have those journals and go back often and look at them. But that was a way because I often got up around nine in the morning in college and didn't get back to my apartment usually until 11 o'clock at night. Um, I was not that student. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't just student things. It was like activities and clubs and things like that. But I I needed that space to kind of just let it all go and to, to say this is how I'm feeling. This happened today and this made me mad or I'm really excited about this and this happened and I'm really happy. Um, I think that was my space that I needed because especially senior year, I was in an apartment with five girls, a two bedroom apartment. There were five of us. And while that was such a meaningful experience, it's also hard to find space, physical space. That's just yours. So, um, oftentimes every night, my senior year of college, I would write in my journal and then I would watch some sort of, uh, I binged Gossip Girl and Parenthood my senior year of college. And so that was kind of like my space was to journal and then sit in my bed and watch this and just kind of relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know for me, I mentioned, I mentioned my work in summer camp um, and that was, an absolutely wonderful time. I absolutely loved every single second of it. Second of it that I was there. But I remember keenly that moment when I realized, oh no, this time in my life is done. Yeah, um, and I think it's natural to come to that moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, like, it wasn't something that I was scared about. It wasn't something that I was nervous about. I was a little sad about it, but there was just this internal piece of me that was saying, no, you're not. That season was over. Yeah, the season is over and you're on to something different. You're on to something new. Yeah. Um, and that was really that was really something that has stuck with me um, throughout my entire life since then is this, this understanding that we go through these seasons and just because something ends, just because a way of doing your life ends does not necessarily mean it's a bad thing thing right it just means there's something different so when you take another job um or when you have a kid or when you i mean when you get a divorce or whatever whatever it might be that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just something different 
And I, I think that's, I think that's something that a lot of people who are leaving institutional religion are feeling and seeing too, is they had this experience in their life where, you know, this, this institution was showing them spirit was showing them, you know, God is a God of love or whatever you want to put it. But then somewhere along the line, there was a disconnect. It was almost as if their body was saying, this isn't working. This isn't doing it for me. This time in my life is done. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -mm. And, and in most cases, um, for people who are flocking away from institutional religion, it's been something that's been used to manipulate or hurtful, hurtful or, um, abusive and to flee away from that is absolutely a healthy response. But, Mm -hmm. um, I digress. (laughs) Um, so what would some of your advice be? for people who are trying to form comfortable space in their lives here and now? Yeah. So I think my advice would be one, do not stress yourself out. Um, It's easy for myself to a lot of our furniture we've inherited and a lot of this stuff, like it's just, I wish it was a different color. Like I'm talking about physical space. Um, And so I stress myself out about that a lot, uh, just in physical space. But I need to also remember that comfortable space is not just physical space. So do not stress yourself out by saying, I don't have a room just to myself to do this. Um, Like I said earlier, you could have a candle in your Bible and sit in the corner. Um, You can sit on your front step of your house. Um, So first, don't stress yourself out. Um, Don't try to rush it. Try to find what works for you. It might not what I suggest might not work for you. Um, and so really try to find those activities or moments that work best for you. Um, and nothing's, nothing's going to be perfect right away either. I mean, I, I know I've done, I've dabbled in meditation already and you know, I've, one of the common things that people talk about meditation is that they feel like they have this monkey mind that's climbing around doing all sorts of stuff, especially when you first start. Yeah. Because it's almost like a muscle that you're training. Well, that's why they call it a practice. Because right, exactly. you have to to work at it. And I would say that this is the same. When you cultivate your comfortable space, your day-to-day mood is going to Im- impact how you interact with your comfortable space. Um, so one day you might feel like it was the best time of your day and like that was what you really needed. And another time you might be like, well, I don't really need this. Why am I doing this? Um, so another thing I would advise is consistency is key. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to find a time and space, um, to do that on a regular basis for yourself, whether it's once a week, once a day. A really, a really good example of this is people who, um, find themselves on a regular workout schedule. Um, so like if you work out in the morning before work, if that's something that gives you release, that can be your comfortable space. Exactly. I know for me, like when I, when I think through the rhythms of where my energy is at, I'm most high energy in about the middle, middle to towards the end of the afternoon. So between like one 30, like five o'clock, that's where I'm like the most high energy. That's where I'm the most motivated to write or exercise or be productive. Yeah. And that's the other thing is a lot of people say, like I've heard my own mother say, I wish that I was a morning person so that I could wake up and have my time with God in the morning. Like I'm should. 
And I'm like, don't should yourself. Don't should yourself. And if you're not a morning person, don't try to be because that's not, you're not cultivating comfortable space for you. You're trying to take on someone else's comfortable space. Right. And, um, so yeah, you need to look within yourself. What is your soul craving? It might be a mile run in the morning. It might be sitting in the corner with a Bible and a candle. And what is what is it that your soul is actually craving, not what you're being told your soul yeah. should crave? Try to remove yourself from this consumeristic um, narrative. narrative that you've been taught and that you, well, I know I personally can easily fall back into mm-hmm. um, and try to listen to within. Um, and like I said, it's going to look different for everybody and it doesn't have to be a room by yourself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I know, I know for me, um, growing up sort of the ways that you got in contact with God was by praying and by reading your Bible, by going to church on Sunday and Mm -hmm. by going to youth group. And I did all of that stuff. And like, I enjoyed youth group. I enjoyed my friends at church. But I never really felt like oh, this is really helping me to really connect. Um, yes, the Bible was important. Yes, the the spiritual insights that I've gained from that have continued to go with me. But one of the most sub- impactful sort of spiritual practices that I ever really started doing was starting to listen to podcasts, um, especially after I moved down to Virginia and was commuting into D.C. pretty regularly. That's not necessarily a short commute traffic and everything. So I started look, listening to podcasts like um, Rob Bell's or Pete Holmes's um, and these just like listening to other people's experiences was something that was so foundationally different for me, but it also helped me to grow exponentially yeah. and it's definitely shaped who I am today. It's shaped why I'm doing this podcast in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to say? I'm feeling like this is, it's feeling, uh-huh. it's feeling pretty complete. Yeah. I think that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. That's a wrap folks. This is Liz Snader's first podcast, by the way. So everyone, yep. wherever you're listening to give her a round of applause. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but anyway, this has been Liz Snader on creating, cultivating comfortable spaces. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we love you. We are here to support you in absolutely whatever way that we can. But I hope that this has been helpful in you realizing where your own space might be, whether that is sitting in a corner with a candle and a Bible or whether it means having a makeover of your closet or if it means while you're cooking dinner, just taking a moment to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. while the kids are doing god knows what <laughs> um but anyway this has been episode 28 of the podcast we normally end by saying peace and love y'all so would you be willing to take us out liz sure peace and love y'all <laughs>